Rick, where'd you get a hand grenade? I don't know. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. May the force be with you. Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. What was it you said to me before? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. You know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! The price is wrong, bitch. And here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Pause for Dramatic Effect. I am your host, Sean, and joining me today, we've got the twins, Pete and Josh. So, uh, let's kick straight into it. We've got a couple of items of movie news, the first of which is it's a very sad day for cinema and for comic book fans and for everyone in general because today Stan Lee, the creator of Marvel Comics, passed away at the age of 95. Mm-hmm. So, not good. moment of silence. Good radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, Marvel movies over the last, how long would you say, 10 years? Yeah, have been the biggest then. thing in cinema. Yeah. Like the su- oh, we're in the yeah. age of superhero movies, mm-hmm. and he created it. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I owe my childhood to Stanley. Mm. Even even before the current age that we're in, like I'm not the biggest comic book guy, but the like the movies that have come out of it, even before now that they're doing like all these phases and shit. Yeah, like even the original Spider Man. And the original X Men movies and like yeah. Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine and stuff. Yeah. That was awesome as a kid. Yeah, that was sick. I've been going through Twitter today <laughs> and I've been reading up and like there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people paying tribute to him by um, posting some of his quotes and stuff. And he was like a really good guy as mm-hmm. well as yeah. just being a, a the creator of the Marvel comic books. Like there's a lot of quotes of him trying to use the comic books that he's writing to like fight racism, fight bullying, mm-hmm. injustice, like generally like the sort of stuff that his superheroes in the comics did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was doing this so, in an age where like, it wasn't really, you know, no, he, he was, did it right. He, he was, was doing 90, this a long time 95. ago. Well, yeah. his, um, he had a quote where he thought, um, I read it today actually. And he was like, he thought he wasn't doing much with his life when he was writing comic books because other people were like studying to be doctors and mm. all these other things. But now he look obviously everyone looks back on him and be like, he's like one of the most influential people in like cinema. Yeah. Mm. Right. Like well, and, and the art. And really. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know whether or not he'd already done his cameo in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy 3 before it stopped um, filming for the moment. But Captain Marvel and Avengers 4 are going to be the last movies that we see Stan Lee cameos in. Oh, no, he'll he'll be in Shazam, won't he? Is that, is that Marvel or DC? That's DC. Oh, is it? No. Mm-hmm. Oh. Whoops. So, yeah, <laughs> Captain Marvel and Avengers 4 will be the last ones. <laughs> Avengers... <laughs> Avengers... Well, is, it's actually kind of fitting, though, isn't it? Because Avengers 4, the climax of everything that they've done so far, part two of Infinity War is going to be the last film that we see a Stan Lee cameo in. Oh, do they definitely know he's going to be... Oh, because they filmed it. Because they've already fi- back, they've, yeah. they've finished production. Right. So he's definitely going to be in that, and that'll be it. It's done. Fuck. And we won't see that, like, I how little hilarious Stan Lee cameo in, every movie. in all of the Marvel, uh, the Marvel movies from now on. Mm. I wonder how they'll um, do, like, a... Uh... Tribute um, to him in the movie. Tribute, yeah. He's going to get a huge thing at the Oscars this year. Oh, yeah. yeah that's true. Massive. When do they have the Oscars again? Uh, I think Feb- March. February? February or March? Yeah. Oh, like okay. February. Yeah. Sick. It's like so. Oscar season. is like November, December, January, isn't it? Yeah. All the movies. Yeah. So, obviously, a very, very sad day for movie goers in general. Yeah. And, and comic fans. So, R.I.P. Stan Lee and... Obviously, this isn't the end for Marvel. Yeah, no. Like, this thing is... It's like a snowball that's, like, picking up speed. Like, yeah, there's yeah. no stopping it at this point. It's just going to be they really sad. They must have, sad. like, planned for this. Like, he's yeah. 95 years old. It's like George R.R. Martin. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they knew how Game of Thrones was going to end, even if he keeled over and had a heart attack from eating he? 50 burgers in a day. Um, I don't like, know. He's in like, his like 80s or something 80s. like that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, he's probably got a yeah. time in it. Mm. But it is just going to be sad from now on to not be able to see him 
as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. Anyway, speaking of someone who's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, our other piece of movie news is the trailer that just came out today. They're doing a live-action Pikachu detective movie. I fucking can't wait to Starring see <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Do you see that ad- the advert for it? Like the, yeah, the trailer. The... Trailer, you know, he's in it and he's like, oh, the only people, you're the only one that can understand me actually speak. And he goes outside and tries to talk to a woman <laughs> and starts talking to her and all she hears is Pikachu. I like fully expected him to be like, oh, you're a fat bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And then I expected, all she hears is Pikachu. Pikachu. I, I like the voice that I'm hearing is just Deadpool and I'm expecting yeah. Pikachu to make Deadpool jokes yeah, at people. Do. It's going to be like a PG movie for kids. Dude. And I thought that Deadpool, uh, I thought that Pikachu was going to be like jerking off into people's faces. And Dude, like so make, some make that movie. Some guy commented on the trailer on Facebook, the fucking funniest comment. <laughs> it was, um, he's like, um, <laughs> it'll be like, this is actually going to be a trailer where Ryan Reynolds wakes up from a dream thinking that is Pikachu <laughs> and then it'll actually be Deadpool waking up from a dream thinking that he's Ryan Reynolds oh my thinking god. that he's Pikachu oh my god they need to do that in the next Deadpool movie he needs to like have a dream that's a scene from this movie yeah. and then wake up as Deadpool <laughs> fuck I love that, I oh. love a good fourth wall break it would literally oh be god. the best it'd be like a, what is that like a four, that's five, best movie transition break. ever yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was. I read the comment and pissed myself at work. Dude, I love meta humor. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so good. Um, I hope they don't fuck it up though, because it's meant to be like Pokemon is meant to be about like quests and yeah, you know, like battling gym leaders and shit, not I'm, like being a detective. Yeah, well, like, I'm very, I'm very, very like interested that. in seeing how it's going to be done because obviously, like we saw some of the storyline coming through in the trailer, but we don't really know it's how based the world. On a game. It's based off a there's game. A game called Detective Pikachu. There are fucking loads of Pokemon games. There's like Detective oh, Pikachu. I've... There's like Pokemon Dungeon. All these weird games I've never heard of. Really? But they're, like they're the kind of games. like they're like all in Japan and shit. Non-canon to the yeah. No, they're like all from Japan. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah. they got some weird shit there. <laughs> I find it weird that we're getting a Pikachu detective movie before we're getting like a live-action just Pokemon movie, like they did. Yeah. Like they well, did. All the Pokemon movies are just. Like why? Well, they've done like they're all the cartoon Pokemon movies, yeah. but given how big Pokemon is, like they've done live action Avatar was trash, but they did it. They did. Have they done? They, have they released live action Attack on Titan yet? Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was terrible. It was shit. Also shit. So maybe they're just staying away from it because live action anime movies usually oh, are well. terrible. They're doing a live action uh, Airbender series. I ha- I did see that. Yeah. yeah. But I am surprised, given that they did all of those movies, that they haven't come out with, like, a live-action movie that's just, like, Ash and Misty and Brock and the gang are going off and doing their thing. Like, how would you cast Brock? He's got his eyes shut the whole fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. They would be able to... And they have, like, the technology to do the Pokemon, obviously. Like, the Pokemon in that Mm. Detective Pikachu movie look legit. Yeah, I know. They look cute. The, the Jigglypuff had, like, that? fur on it. Mm. And I was like, yeah. damn. And the Charizard looked fucking dope. The Charizard, the Charizard, Charizard looked yes, dangerous. Dude, the Charizard looked <laughs> fucking freaky. You know what's weird, though, is you don't even see, like, how big they are. Like, you think Charizard's gonna be fucking massive, but he's only, like, five foot seven. It's like a little dragon. Oh, right. Dragon. Yeah. Well, that's why so, I never realised when, like, like, when I started playing, like, Pokemon Go, like, in the two months after it came out. I'm still playing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you see, when you catch the Pokemon, it tells you, like, how big they are yeah. and, like, how many kilograms it is. <laughs> and you're just like... Wait, I thought this Pokemon was like five times the size yeah, that dude, it is. Machamp's are like 5'1". Yeah. Yeah. Like Millie could beat up a Machamp. <laughs> Our friend Millie is 5'1". <laughs> and weighs about 20 kilos. Yeah, but in, in Pokemon Go, they're all random. Like some guy caught a Golduck that was like 6'10 and like 800 kilos. Oh, and he yeah, drew it and it was like fucking jacked. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Alright, anyway, so that's all we've got for movie news. We wanted to keep... Oh, actually. Yep. No, there's something else. Oh, okay. Uh, they're releasing Toy Story 4. <gasps> yes, yes, they're releasing... Yeah, they, they're we've known that forever. No, no, they, no, they released they dropped a trailer. It today. They dropped a they trailer. Oh, they dropped like a trailer? A trailer yeah. And it came up with the actual official release date. Of oh, I, I, no, I knew that they were doing one. I didn't know that Did they dropped see, a trailer. Did you not see the trailer? Toy Story, the Toy Story Facebook page put up this, like, real fucking um, uh, sick photo of Woody, like, tipping his hat, like, in an empty room. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Fuck. <laughs> this is sick. So wait, like, so is it is it just like there's no plot details, anything like that? I didn't see an actual trailer. Mm. They just said Toy Story. Like is it it's just a yeah, yeah, it's just like okay, cool. But cool, it was cool. a really cool like 
um, picture drop on I'll be, Facebook, like a, a post. On yeah, Facebook. I'll be interested to see what the um, what the actual storyline is because from what I understand, from what I've heard already, it was supposed to be like obviously like they're done with Andy. That whole gang is kind of like well, the last and the last one, he's with that little girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just the core group together now. Yeah, but. I was under the impression that it's not going to be with that little girl. It's going to be, um, like, it was supposed to be, like, Woody and Buzz and obviously, like, the core group were going out and trying to find Bo Peep. I thought that was going to be oh, the... she get lost or something? Because remember... Which one's Bo Peep again? Bo Peep is the one that Woody is getting like with in the herder. first movie. The sheep herder. Yeah, the pink oh, yeah. one with the hook that keeps, like, pulling Woody in. <laughs> but then she's not in the second movie at all. Like, they just got rid of the character. But then now they're coming back and they're saying, well, where did she go? Like, she obviously, oh. like, got lost or got given to another kid. And she the gang evil. And the gang, now that they are no longer with Andy, want the group to be complete again, so they're going off to find her. Because right. Woody doesn't have anyone, because Jesse is with Buzz. So, yeah. they're getting some space fucking on. <laughs> and, and, Woody, and Woody needs Bo Peep. Oh. So, that's what I thought it was, anyway. Okay. Anyway, yeah, so that's it for movie news. Um, let's move into the review. So this week we saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. I was so, so psyched for it. It's something I've been looking forward to forever. So, um, before we get into the review, I'll give you a quick synopsis of it. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody is the biopic on the life of the Queen frontman, Freddie Mercury. And like, you can't really do spoilers in a movie that's about someone's life that actually happened. And if you don't already know the story of Freddie Mercury, you don't deserve to see the movie anyway. (laughs) Um, So here it is. The movie chronicles Freddie's life from his mediocre job as an airport baggage handler to the forming of Queen, their rise to fame and the release of some of their greatest hits, Freddie's marriage, discovering that he was gay, his struggles with his identity and his loneliness, then his AIDS diagnosis, and finally... The movie ends with Queen's incredible set at Live Aid at Wembley. Mm. So that's basically the movie. Yeah. Um, Queen is my favorite band of all time, and I think that Bohemian Rhapsody is the greatest song ever written. So, <laughs> go. But going into the movie, I wasn't sure whether or not that would be a good or bad thing because, like, when you hold something in that high regard, your standards, be, yeah. your standards are so You're high like, for it. It's gonna be good, otherwise, I'll be yeah. Pissed. It's like the, uh, like you were saying before, like the Airbender movie, like all those fans oh, where yeah. they're like, this is going to be sick. Exactly. <laughs> like, it was the terrible. biggest pile of shit ever. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's really difficult because I was like really excited to see it play out on screen. But when you have expectations that high, it's often really hard to live up to them. Um, there were a couple of things. I want to get the stuff that I didn't like about the movie out of the way so that I can like finish talking about it in a really yeah. positive note okay. because I did really enjoy the movie. So I was kind of hoping to see the story play out in more of like a dark gritty realistic sort of way like the movie was very stylized Mm. um so i was kind of hoping it would be more like walk the line or like milk have you ever seen milk no with sean penn no oh it's about like this gay guy that runs my office in san francisco very dark very gritty or like lion like sort of like those biopics that are kind of like very realistic like you can really relate to the characters because i think that um, when, especially when you're trying to tell a true story, the more flashy camera movements and effects that you have going on, the harder it is for the audience to really connect with the character because it doesn't seem like real life to them. Does it break up the movie a bit too much? Um, that's what I thought initially, but going back to it, um, like thinking about it after I've seen the movie, there were a couple of things that occurred to me. The first is that those stylized effects real like when you break up the movie those stylized effects that happen only actually take place when he's on the road with the band and they're like touring and performing you get that juxtaposed with these scenes of him at home either with his wife or alone like feeling very isolated um or with his aids diagnosis and all of those moments are very down to earth and real and it's kind of it kind of hits home for you that it's the the big difference between his persona like who he was on stage that was very stylized and in your face and flashy 
versus who he was as yeah, an actual I person. And what... I think that's what they were going yeah. for when they when they did those two things. And the second thing that then occurred to me was like when I was thinking about all those other people that those movies were made about where it was kind of like down to earth and realistic was those people aren't fucking Freddie Mercury. Like, how are you... Like, think about some of the things that he says. Like, some of the quotes in the movie. How are you supposed to do those quotes in, like, a really, like, dark, serious sort of way? Like, he was a fucking... He was a queen, man. Like... He was flamboyant. He was flamboyant as shit. He was out there. So, it would be really difficult to kind of play down who he was through the film. Yeah. Yeah. So, is your point that you think it should be... The way it was, or you think no, it no, be yeah, it's up? it's that when I initially went in, like looking at that style of film, sometimes it doesn't get taken as seriously as other films that are like more gritty and realistic. But looking back at it, I don't think you could have made it any other way, yeah. given the person that he was. Yeah, it's so not, um, you can't like if you were comparing it to Walk the Line, like Johnny Cash's life was a bit messed up, mm. so I can see why they did it that way. Um, mm. Like, he had a bit... Like, he was a bit fucked in the head. But he wasn't... Yeah, but there were... Like, the things that he says aren't, like, as funny or as outrageous as the things... Like, Freddie Mercury obviously had some some demons of his own, but Mm. the way in which he portrayed himself in the persona as the frontman of Queen was far more out there than, like, Johnny Cash. Yeah. So, it would be difficult to kind of rein that in through the film. Mm. So... I was kind of skeptical about it at first, but the more I got thinking about it, the more I liked it was my first impression of the film is what I'm trying to say. Only two couple of like gripes that I have with the film were that you can see that it's like, you can see through the film. It's shot by two different directors. There are different styles throughout the film. And it's not like the original director, um, Brian Singer, got fired with a few weeks left of filming, um, apparently for not showing up on set. And he was replaced by Dexter Fletcher, who directed Eddie the Eagle. Oh, yeah. Um, And obviously that's not something that can be helped. Like, when someone isn't showing up for work, you have to replace them. But it is a shame when you don't get to get through production with a single director at the helm because the final product often does suffer. And there were things that I noticed in the film where I was like, I don't think the same person has directed this scene as this scene. Mm. Maybe that really didn't come through to some of the audience. And I saw, but that was one thing. The other thing, and this wasn't like a terrible thing. It was just some things in the movie were like awfully convenient. Like, so I'd compare it to you and I were talking the other day at your house when you were watching Suits. Yeah. And <laughs> it was like every single episode of Suits or, or any of those like soap opera kind of drama shows, they often will be like having an argument or something and then someone will go, yeah, well, I guess it's just a matter of perspective. And then someone will go perspective that's it we've solved it and and then they just like win the case based on like a revelation to someone they like confide a whole law like a case of law into 40 minutes yeah Yeah, exactly that's how they do it and i think that there was there were a few situations in the movie where that happened where they would be having like a fight or something and then someone would say something or someone would like hear a beat and then they would be like oh we're going to make a hit song out of there that. Goes, um, <laughs> when they did the... They were having an argument because Freddie was late to the um, recording session. And then um, uh, the bass guitarist mm. started playing the... Um, Another One Bites the Dust, yeah, the riff from that. Like, yeah. Um, and then um, Freddie was like, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> like what? They, were like, they were like fighting with each other while yeah. he was like playing Fight, the lyrics yeah. and they were getting all heated in an argument and stuff. And he was like, that's it. <laughs> and that happened like a few times where like a fight or something would just lead into them like quickly writing a hit song and then you would see them performing it. And I was like, I would like to see a little bit more detailed backstory in what actually led to you doing that because I don't believe that's how it <laughs> happened. But... Apart from apart from those two things, I really, really enjoyed the movie. Let's start with Rami Malek. 
his performance as Freddie Mercury was so fucking good. Hmm. Do you reckon he'll get he'll get nominated for an Oscar for it? I don't know if he'll get nominated for an Oscar because I don't know if the movie, like I said, that kind of the style of the movie of how it was made. I don't know if it's what the Oscars look for. I I thought the performance was incredible. I thought it was really good. You know, he, apparently he wore the fake teeth that he had to wear to be Freddie Mercury. Apparently he wore them for like three months beforehand while he was on the set of Mr. Robot, while he was still filming oh, it. No way. Just just to be able to get used to it. You would have it was to. a big fucking teeth. Bloody massive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so pronounced in the movie. Oh, like, yeah. like you've, you've, seen, you've seen his face <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah, I've seen like, his in... teeth. He's got like two extra teeth, doesn't he? Like, that's yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm talking about yeah. the actor though. Like you've oh, yeah. seen his face in other things that he's acted oh, yeah, in before. And, like, and then he just like rocks up in the movie and his like, his cheeks are just like so much more full. <laughs> you just see it and you're like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. The other thing, it was really interesting to see like the dynamic between the band and their battles with management and the record labels because, I mean, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors of the music industry now, but do you feel like... I feel like there's currently the industry is flooded with so many people that want to be a star that when a record label says to you, this is what you have to do to be a star, they do it. Yeah, of course. Because they want to please people to be famous and in doing so they compromise their art or they compromise their identity it was i feel like back then in the the 60s 70s and 80s that golden age of rock was that time where bands would tell management you can go fuck yourself like this is our music this is what we play if you want to put it out you put it out or we'll go somewhere else and it was really interesting to watch that happen play out on screen so in a sense it's like the opposite of a star is born because she kind of (laughs) like yeah yeah kind of the opposite of her ass and all that shit yes exactly um like they they took they took bohemian rhapsody in the movie they took the song Mm. to their record label Mm. and the guy was like it's six minutes long. Mm. We're not playing this on radio. It's not going to be the single. It's a shit song. No one will ever listen to it. <laughs> Fast forward to 2018. There is, it's not just me. There is a strong opinion that it is like in the top five songs ever written. I think it's like, the best song ever written. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and they make this in, they make a hilarious joke in that bit mm. where he says, it's six minutes long. It takes forever. And Freddie just pipes up out of nowhere and goes, um, if you think six minutes is forever, then I pity your wife. <laughs> Wrecked. <laughs> Didn't um, Pete was telling me that Savage. Pete was telling me that um, he made Freddie Mercury made the guy who was singing Galileo do it like fifty times, mm. and he's and just then like, they... "Who the fuck is Galileo?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they put them all together, and it sounds like a chorus, but all of them are that one guy's voice. Oh, really? Yeah. So you know, in the song, how it sounds oh, like there's, yeah. one, there's more than yeah, one yeah, person yeah. saying it because it's at different pitches. Yeah. That's all the one guy's voice oh, put you just together. Made him sing it at like multiple. Yeah, seasons. and you know what? I didn't. I never knew that. I yeah. thought that, like, given that how high that is and how many different yeah. levels of um, like sound yeah, there are in that song, that bit. I thought that they had taken that from somewhere. Yeah, but yeah. They. It was all fully. Oh, I knew they sang it. I just them. thought like all of them were singing it. In the background, and they yeah, no, it's yeah, it's, it's just, just the one guy, one poor fellow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, the soundtrack to this film was absolutely incredible. There are like there are not too many bands in the world with a back catalog of music like Queen, where pretty much every single song that came on during the movie, I either wanted to like stand up and dance to, <laughs> or like stomp and clap or sing along, like. It makes you, I, I don't know, there's something about Queen's music that just, like, just makes you really hits home for yeah. me. Mm. Yeah, it's it's like interactive music. Mm. It makes you want to, mm. you can sing to it, you can in. dance to it. Yeah. And he's, Freddie Mercury's like that because he's obviously very um, um, engaging on stage as well. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, one of the best like performers. Performers. He's a great performer. He's a great performer. Malik, yeah. um, like, does that well in the movie. Yeah. Too, yeah. So it's it's good to... Or like when they start, when he starts performing on stage, you as a viewer are like, "Fuck, I want to sing this song so badly right now." Like, I can't believe in the theater. I can't believe we were all born like twenty years before. Yeah, like <laughs> oh, ten ten out. years after after Live Aid, and like a few years after yeah. Freddie Mercury died. Yeah. Like, mm. 
that's the one band like if i could go back in time and see them live that's it, the one concert it would be queen to, it? it would be, be queen one, well by far by a mile and a half the best scene in the entire movie is the final scene when they shot for shot move for move every single tiny detail of the performance they recreate queen's full set at live aid at wembley and like i had chills watching it the entire time because i've seen the live performance like on youtube and stuff mm. and then watching it everything was exactly the same yeah it was very good it was very and it well was done. so well acted as well and like the obviously they didn't fill out Wembley for the movie, but the mm. CGI made it look so real. Like the crowd was there. Yeah. Like they they produced the atmosphere so well that you felt like you were in the crowd watching it. Mm. It was amazing. How long is the scene? It's like a twenty minute Literally scene. 20 minutes. It's like a really yeah. It's a whole live yeah. aid performance. It's Fuck, the that is it is awesome. the entire <laughs> performance. Yeah, yeah. and I, like everything is everything down to the last detail. Like he walks out on stage and it has like the from the previous performers that had been on, it's got like the cans of Pepsi and stuff that are sitting at the uh, piano yeah. that they had all left there, yeah, yeah. and everything is in the exact same position as if you watch it on YouTube, oh, so like cool. down to the tiniest have to detail. Watch that now. It's like amazing. Side by side comparison on YouTube. Soon. It is amazing. I loved it. Um, I so... like how they, because um, I didn't realize before the Live Aid performance that you know they had been split up for a while, and that like obviously he was sick. Mm. And when they were um, rehearsing, his he his voice wasn't very good, ah. and they didn't the band didn't really know if he was going to be good when that he went out to Live Aid, and it was like his best performance ever. <laughs> mm. Like the way that. like and you can you can um, like when he first starts playing the piano, you can see in the movie that he's kind of like doesn't even know if he's going to be good when yeah. he starts singing, and then he starts, and it's really good, mm. and all the band members are like. And he like, says, and he says at one point during the movie to his wife at the time, like when I'm out on that stage and I've got that crowd with all eyes on me, I don't mm. think I could sing a wrong note if I tried. Yeah, like true. in the studio is one thing, but then when he gets out there, the performance, like his persona on stage, like takes a hold of him. Mm. Yeah, and he he can't he can do no wrong, mm. and it's incredible. Um, what else in the movie? Oh, the fucking bad guy. Oh, oh, Paul, 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 the oh, Irish, Irish dog. dickhead. Oh. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> well, all Irish people. Are and it's like, I know you, Freddie. <laughs> Thanks, you. <laughs> I know you, Freddie, more than you. <laughs> and I was like, you're a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking perk up that high-pitched Irish accent. <laughs> he fucking, he fucking like writes a song for his wife. And then he's like, if you say so. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely about me, a person that you worked with for like a month and <laughs> yeah. don't even know that well. Yeah. Oh, fuck, so good. <laughs> oh, that's he's such I... a conniving little dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> there are scenes in the movie, like there's one scene where he goes up to their, like he works for the record label, yeah. but he goes up to their manager and he's like, we've just received this offer for Freddie to go solo. And I think that we should pitch it to him together because he could be doing so much better by himself than with uh. Queen. And then um, he convinces the manager to take it to Freddie. And the manager takes him the offer. And Freddie's like, how dare you try to split up me and my band? You're fired. And the guy's like, yeah, how dare you do that to him? Oh, I've, never seen, like, I've never seen that letter in my life. Oh. <laughs> it's so I was like, bad. But you took it. <laughs> <laughs> little snake in the grass <laughs> you little Kevin Durant baby back bitch <laughs> legit I was like oh Paul and then when Freddie finally is like I never want to see you again like when yeah. he's in Munich oh it's and then the guy goes so like good. the Irish guy Paul goes to the media and is like oh Freddie was like a sex fiend mm. I don't know how many sexual like talking about his uh. life like he was his best friend even though he was like a dickhead to well, him. Well, no, and like... you, it really hits home for you when, like, through the movie, this big theme for Freddy is that he's so misunderstood because obviously there are a lot of racists, yeah. especially, like, now, obviously, but more so back then and it was more prominent. And in England, people always called him a Paki. And, oh, he was, yeah. and he's not from Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just a bit like... it really... And a few people say it throughout the movie and he corrects them. Mm. And... 
then in this interview when this guy's doing this like tell-all story mm-hmm. in air quotes about Freddie's life, he says to the guy in the media, really, he's just this scared little packy boy. Uh, and like he keeps saying, like, I know who he is, but that really hits home for you. Like you never really cared about him because yeah. you would know that he is not from not, yeah, he's Pakistan. not from Pakistan. Yeah. So that character was an utter dickhead. <laughs> um and you know what? I I often Freddie Mercury was so large in life that you often um when you think about Queen and you think about their songs, you pretty much only think about him. Like, it was interesting to me to see through the movie who wrote what songs and how much the band actually did for each other. Like, he was the front man, but the amount that they all contributed to the band, it wasn't just like they were playing the instruments and it was him. They all wrote songs. They were all amazing musicians. Yeah, and they all, like, contributed, um, like, that. obviously the bass guitarist came up with the... um, Another one bites the, the dust. Yeah, like that actual main tune and song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and remember when they kept on making fun of the fucking blonde hair guy because he made a car called like My Favorite Car or something? He, he made a song. He made a song. He made a song called I'm in Love with My Car. car. <laughs> and they keep paying him I out never, the whole movie about it. I've only <laughs> really ever listened to like all of Queen's best songs, but I went through the soundtrack to hear that song. It's so bad. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, it's utter shit. It's so bad. They bring it up like three or four times in the movie because <laughs> um, they listen to it. And the is he the drummer? The blonde yeah, yeah, guy? yeah. Yeah, and they um, <laughs> he's like, I don't understand. Like, you guys talk about things that you love. Like, I love my car. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, but like, no one gives a shit. Like, <laughs> it's like we love like a person or like yeah. a, a Sunday morning. <laughs> and it wasn't like even a fucking piece of metal. And, and it wasn't even like he was doing. He was writing good metaphors for it in the <laughs> song. He was literally just sitting down and being like. I love the shape of your muffler. <laughs> <laughs> just as sounds as like the lyrics. Fuck his car. <laughs> That's what they say in the movie. Like, have you seen that My Strange Addiction? He's gonna be on that fucking show too. Yeah, <laughs> fucking the tailpipe. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What did What did you? Uh, what score did you give it, Sean? Um. Okay, so my my overall impression of the movie was that um, I just think that the style of the movie, how it was made is not something that usually will get award recognition, but it is something that is going to be really enjoyable for audiences to watch. Um, so I'm going to give it a 7.7. 7. 7.7 out of 10. Cool. cool. What about you, Pete? Um, I'd probably uh, give it like a 7.5. Um, yeah, I'd probably just do like a 7.5. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to... to gauge it but like if i gave it an eight i think i'd be doing a you'd little be going, too much. you'd be going too high if you gave it an eight but it was a really really enjoyable movie Plus we it. watched it we watched it in like the big cinema in south bank that had like the massive screen and the awesome surround sound system mm. so the it's, live aid performance at the end like the, the movie it seemed was good real yeah. yeah like yeah. if you watch it at home it'll probably be not as good mm. because of the like the sound it's but... definitely a cinema experience yeah, movie to sure. have yeah for sure a hundred percent all right so should i go and see it you think? yes you should go fucking see it you <laughs> moron <laughs> jesus christ no we gave it a 7.5 so you wouldn't see it <laughs> so all right 7.5 and 7.7 so that's the review for Bohemian Rhapsody, you should definitely get along and see it while you still can in cinemas because I think that it is actually a, a fantastic movie to see with that cinema experience, which you don't often get too much of anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like a lot of movies now that you would just stream at home and it's more about the convenience of where you get to watch something rather than um, the atmosphere yeah. of where it you're seems watching like one it. It's those movies that the like, atmosphere would be a really good reason to go and watch it yeah so. yeah it 100 percent is all right so that's bohemian rhapsody moving on to some segments um we're gonna start with bingeables so pete what's the show that you've picked uh my one is suits um because i used to, i like started watching it like two years ago right and i got up to like the fourth season and for some reason i, I ended up starting to watch it like breaking bad at the same time like, okay. I, had, I had game of thrones going on i had suits going on and i had breaking bad mm-hmm. and i chose breaking bad to continue watching right? yeah um, right decision yeah yeah 
Exactly. Obvious. And um, I got up to like the start of season four for Suits. Oh, okay. Just quickly, we forgot they're making a Breaking Bad movie. Oh, they are. They are. Did you hear? I yes. did see that on Facebook. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry. We, we totally missed that in movie news. They're <laughs> making a Breaking Bad fucking movie. So I don't know if it's going to be a continuation from Better Call Saul when that finishes. Or um, I've heard some people say that it might be like it might not have Walt in it and it's going to be like following like Jesse, Jesse after he escapes. Yes, that's right. Um, obviously, it's going to be a real shame if they make a Breaking Bad movie and it doesn't have Brian Cranston in it. But if you haven't seen the show yet, spoiler alert for the end. Is this long enough of a pause? Yes. Yeah. He dies. They pause it. He, he dies. So it's really difficult when you've done a... Pr- like the start of Breaking Bad doesn't pick up with him already being a meth dealer. Like you see his origin story. So, and it's not interesting before that. So there's no point in doing a movie about a chemistry teacher. Yeah, true. And you can't do a movie about a dead guy. Like Walter White's story was told. There's no other part of the story that people are interested in. Yeah. I'm still interested in Jesse and I'm interested in Saul. I'm interested in what happens to those other main characters after it finishes, and I would love to have Brian Cranston in the movie, but it's difficult to see how. Well, like, couldn't they take it, you know, like, at the end of the... Again, spoiler alert. At the end of the show... <laughs> pause. <laughs> at the end of the show, Jesse, Jesse fucking escapes from those guys who are holding him captive, and he drives away, and that's, like, the last you kind of see of him. And like, he's crying. Oh, bro, Because he's, like, crying because he gets I can't out. even... I can't... Don't even talk about <laughs> that. he's, like, end scene. Oh, so, <laughs> sorry to bring it up. <laughs> but... Couldn't they not start the movie from that scene of him driving away to what he does after that? Yeah. Perhaps he goes and finds... Oh, he 100% goes and picks up Brock. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And then they and then they try to get away from the rest of the white supremacy gang that's currently hunting them down because they need Jesse to make more meth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plot line. There it is. Plot line. All right. We should do it. <laughs> we just have to secure the rats. <laughs> um... All right, Actually, sorry, Pete. Sorry for interrupting. Back to your thing. Suits, bingeables. Yeah, go. So I was watching it a couple of years ago and got to the start of season four, um, and obviously got into Breaking Bad. So I was like, Breaking Bad is a bit better than this. Um, so I'm going to keep watching that. Did mm-hmm. that, and then totally forgot about Suits. Started rewatching Suits. What's the date today? The 13th of November, mm-hmm. right? Did you just get reminded by Meghan Markle? Like when the wedding was on, you were like, <laughs> no, I should no, watch no. Suits not even again. That. Not even that. <laughs> I just randomly saw it as a, a recommended thing on my Netflix. Mm. And um, probably like maybe three or four weeks ago, I started watching it again. Have literally been at work Monday to Friday sitting, being like, four o'clock. Okay, in an hour, I can go back and watch it. <laughs> and I'm like, I've literally like people at work are like so where, how far up are you in suits and I'm like I'm on season 7 now and they're like fucking hell Pete is that all you've been doing since you going home <laughs> it and is like, every time yes. they get home that's what he does I'm just <laughs> sitting like today I finished off like I'm like halfway through season 7 yeah, no today Pete, so me, in 3 to 4 weeks I've nearly finished the entire series up to where it is now and I'm just like and I know that we were speaking about how there's always like um, a revelation he's like like they had one in the episode today right <laughs> where they're suing this company for like someone dying and the uh they give the person more money than they should mm. and mike's like oh everyone's like wow that's so good to give us money and then mike's like no it's too much and i was like oh fuck here's another plot hole. <laughs> um, he's like it's too much that means there's more cases to be had like they've done this to more people <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> like, and it just fucking leads on to more but like I really yeah. like it and it's always like someone holding up a bargain for someone else <laughs> and they're like, yo, I had a favour for you two seasons ago. Yeah. <laughs> I bring it in. It's got some very like, strong I totally characters. I totally forgot about that favour. <laughs> yeah, it's got some very strong characters, some very watchable personalities. Um, are you up to... How far into the show is it? Because Mike is gone now, isn't he? Mike and uh, Megan no, Markle's character... I haven't, I haven't got up to that yet. ...are so. gone, so it's just going to be following do, Harvey and... Do you know how I accidentally found Lewis. out that that happens? Because yeah. I was looking it up on Wikipedia and I, well, I was looking up like um, Patrick Adams who plays Mike Ross yeah. mm. and he's like number of episodes he in is, he's in is 108 mm. and then like Gabriel or Gabriel Max the guy who plays Harvey mm. it says 111 mm. and I was like <laughs> they should be like, the exact same episodes because they're obviously like the two main characters <laughs> and I was like put two together fucking so it's probably only probably in the latest season that yeah. he's 
that they're currently doing. I reckon, I reckon, um, like probably because in the last episode, they're like they're getting married, like Meghan Markle and yeah. like um thing are getting married. So I think they might go off, but I'm not sure yet. I don't know what the full story is, but that is my bingeable show because yeah. I literally have been binging it for the past month. Like everyone's gonna hate. That's you. my recommendation. <laughs> Next person. Okay, um, my bingeable for the week is going to be. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yes. which is the funniest show that doesn't get talked about in Australia. Oh, yeah, right. Every if you go to America, everyone watches It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Everyone knows every joke from it. It's one of the most quotable shows that you will ever see. And it's like the equivalent of like Friends to a lot of people in Australia. Like, so many people watch the show and no one talks about it in Australia. And I guess that's partly because it never got picked up by a major Australian network. So it was never on, like, 10 or 7 or 9 or whatever. Um, It's not on Netflix or Stan. It's never been on a streaming service. So it's never been readily available to an Australian audience. But I feel like if it was, people here would absolutely love it. So... um, Despite having to go out of your way to watch it, the payoff is totally worth it. So (laughs) the show the show follows Dennis, D, Mac, Charlie, and Frank, who's played by Danny DeVito, five friends that own a rundown Irish pub in Philadelphia. Besides offering up that premise, there's actually very, very little I could tell you about the plot to the show. (laughs) Because 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 it's basically it's born from the concept that Seinfeld made famous of a show about nothing. It's just these five people that own a bar together and just get into like different situations every episode. Um, <clears throat> Wacky situations. Yeah, Nanny. basically. <laughs> it takes incredible writing and acting performances and pushes the boundaries of what's appropriate while also simultaneously producing some hilarious social commentary. So season one aired in 2005. These are the, these are the titles of the episodes. The gang gets racist. Charlie wants an abortion. Underage drinking, a national concern. Charlie has cancer. Gun fever. The gang finds a dead guy. And Charlie gets molested. <laughs> it's all Charlie. He just gets fucked. So, and, that, and that's all well and good for 2005. Like, this, that was a less PC time. Yeah. But even in 2018, they're now in their 13th season. And they're still pushing the boundaries of what's appropriate. And I think that because they started so early, it's just been... It's what people expect from them now. So it's okay. If someone came in and started doing the shit that they are doing right now in season one in 2018, people would (laughs) be all over it. No one would probably even pick it up. (laughs) Like Netflix or Stan. People people would hate it. Too controversial. Yeah. People would not be about this show. But because they've been doing it for so long, it's what's expected of them and people don't take it too seriously and it is absolutely hilarious. It's the same sort of thing as like South Park yeah. where like if South Park started now with the shit that they were saying in season one, yeah, no. oh my God. Bro, I, like, I honestly just fucking hate people like that yeah. who like call and complain about those t- types mm. of TV shows. Don't mm. watch it. Like my advertisement like. lecturer at uni was talk- talking about how one time he literally called up an advertisement agent and complained about their ad because of some stupid reason. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so you're the person that does that and gets <laughs> funny ads kicked off the air. So you're the problem. You're the person that ruins it. Yeah. You like fix so it. You're, so you're why beer ads aren't fun anymore. Yeah. And like why that New Zealand ad that was talking about decks. Like, you know, oh, like, like, that one never yeah. probably oh, came out. my dick. Yeah. Well, no, then, like, he's scrubbing his deck and then his wife's like, boys and their dicks. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a funny ad. Like, I buy that deck polisher because of that. All the, all, the, all the kids in the neighborhood love my dick. <laughs> my dick is the envy of the entire neighborhood. <laughs> um, anyway, always sunny in Philadelphia. If you don't believe me with any of this non-PC shit that they do, go on YouTube and type in It's Always Sunny, The Implication. Oh, and, oh my god. And, oh my god, that's the best thing ever. And you will see exactly oh. what I mean. It's only like three minutes. It won't take any time out of your day, but you'll be immediately hooked on the show as soon as you watch this scene. I could not recommend the show more highly. 10 out of 10 must watch and I want to see more people out there in Australia referencing It's Always Sunny in Man. Philadelphia. <laughs> Man, like, the only reason that we get got into it is because of like 
uh, Mike and Kevin, our friends who are from Philadelphia mm. and they, they lived in Australia for a year. Mm. And I remember walking into your apartment with them or they were watching Phil- um, It's Always Sound in Philadelphia. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck are you guys watching? And they were like, dude, you've never heard of this show. <laughs> and then I sat down and they were like in season two and it was like the scene with like kitten mittens and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is this show? Like, it's so good. It is amazing. Oh, it's a fantastic show. Wait, we should we should change our basketball team name to The Implication. <laughs> I suggested that a while ago and no one was up for what? it. I don't remember you saying I that. I definitely, it's on. No, he did. He, we, we talked about it. You and me talked about it. Yeah. We were like, everyone knows this is what we are. <laughs> So yeah, let's but do no, it. Oh, like, no, I, the reason I said it was because the very reason we need to get this on bingeables is because no one fucking knows the show in Australia. Mm. Yeah. So everyone would be like, oh, what does this even mean? But if we had that name at a social league in America, everyone would be like, oh, is that from Always Sunny? Is that why you called that? Yeah. yeah. But no one fucking gets it. <laughs> we should. We should just change. We should change the name right now, like before the season starts, because everyone. Like, we've been in this basketball league for so long that everyone will be like, oh, yeah, we've got Jan Michael Vincent's next yeah, week. Like, yeah. we know who that is. And then one day, someone's just going to be like, who's the implication? And they're going to rock up and be like, fuck, it's that team? <laughs> Shit, we have to play them? Damn, I thought we were going to have an easy week because we're, like, really good in our basketball league. <laughs> Wait, we, we should, be like, we we should be just like call it. our team the Gang Gets Racist. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna let us do that. <laughs> Probably not. There's oh, a few. Nope. There's a there's a few like pretty out there names on our like basketball. Yeah, league. there are people called like the testicles and shit. Like they're just the weird te- names. Big testicles that's that's out there. Yeah, but the game gets racist. Definitely would be because race is a hot button issue. <laughs> yeah. All right. We would um, spark a debate. We wouldn't even play basketball. We'd just be a debate about our team name. <laughs> All right, Josh. What's your bingeable for the week? So my bingeable this week is an Australian TV show and it's called Offspring. You oh, I, I have seen Offspring, yeah. And I just started watching it and I never really like Australian shows. I've always found it weird watching like Neighbours and Home and Away. I'm just like, I can't take this Well, seriously. those are soaps. That's kind of like bold Yeah, but like, I just can't, I can't take Australian shows that seriously. I don't know why. It's just, I don't really enjoy them. And mm. like, the only reason I started watching this is because my girlfriend watches it and I happen to just like she wanted to watch it, so I sat there and watched it, and I was like, "This is actually really, really good. It's funny, and it pulls at your heartstrings. It's like I've watched. There's, I think there's like seven seasons, six seasons, so going since 2010, and I've watched four seasons mm. in the last week. Yeah, and it's really, really good. Oh, it's really heart wrenching when a few of the oh, characters. I don't. Like, I yeah. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I fucking. It's just it. It when. I can't, I can't give it away. No, don't it's spoil it, but... Something happens in the show, and I fucking hate that it happened. Because, <laughs> like, yes, it provides a very good rest of the season, and it, it's, like, a very good plot point, but fucking hell, it just yeah. tore me apart. I've been roped into a few shows like that, like, with... Like, you think it's going to be shit, but, like, then you, you sit down and watch an episode, like, with either my sister or my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and... Like, then I just watch the whole thing by yeah, myself. Yeah. Like, I have watched all of One Tree Hill. I'm currently watching all of Friday Night Lights with my girlfriend. <laughs> like, it is... I love oh, those... I love those drama shows. Bro, Um, I actually have a girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> dude, I don't know. It's the Friday Night Lights one where you were like, oh, this is fucking lame. It's going to be about, like, high school kids. And then you were like, actually, this is really fucking good. I think that was One Tree Hill. <laughs> 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 I watched Same all of it. it yeah. Um, but, uh, I, is, is I One think... Tree Hill the one where Family Guy rip off it and they're yeah. all they're like the, our problems man yeah. <laughs> he's like a so, teenager yeah. is so hard and it's like, <laughs> it's like Peter standing in a lake with his like leg up on a uh, <laughs> and he's like oh god being a teenager like, there's nothing more important than being a teenager in a middle America it's like we have the, the hardest out of anyone that's not what the show's about man. yes basically but it's still really fun to watch wait is One Tree Hill the one with the meme where the guy cries no that's like, Dawson's Creek oh okay Dawson's Creek oh, but he's like oh, the best meme and he's like <laughs> alright so um, Suits It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Offspring three shows that if you get the chance but mainly it's always sunny in Philadelphia. You should definitely go and watch. It depends what you like though. If you like drama, go for suits. If you like comedy, go for um It's, it's always, always sunny. sunny. If you like a bit of both, go for offspring. Cool. It is quite funny actually. Oh my god, it's a show for everyone. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, moving on, we've got the Fooly Awards for this week. So um, it's been a few episodes since I last did a Fooly Awards, and I never announced the winner of the last one. We tallied the votes. And the winner for best anti-hero was Severus Snape. 
Yeah, 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 I got it on that. So that's two winners out of seven or eight episodes that have come from the Harry Potter series because Bellatrix Lestrange won Dude, Best Female Dude, I don't think villain. she should have won it. I think it should have been the, the um, thing from Mi- the Lady from Misery. Yeah. I'm for that. Well, I you made fucking that. I got outvoted, out. So cliche, though. <laughs> fucking choose her. She's not even in all the fucking series. She's not, like, from, si- like, One what? Seven. From four to seven yeah. or something? Or four seven? to eight? So, but Annie Wilkes cool. in Misery uh, is only in one movie. Annie, uh, <laughs> fucking Annie Wilkes, uh, fucking what's her name? What, who plays her? Kath, Catherine Bates. Kath, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates yeah. won the Oscar for that movie. I'm just putting my point through. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we have more listeners. Okay. Well, vote. well, Pete, guess what? Uh, Shakespeare in Love beat uh, Saving Private Ryan for the Oscar in the same but year. But everyone so knows you that can, that So that one. argument, so that no, argument is not. immediately dispelled no, and you can fuck immediately right dispelled. off. Because everybody knows it shouldn't have won, but I, I guarantee you majority of people go Kathy Bates. Yes, but okay, this is an argument based on popularity, okay? And if you say to all of the people in Australia, what do you like better, Friends or Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad is the better show. Friends is the more popular show. You are going to get the more popular pick, and that's Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're right. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, obviously. Is, Friends is nowhere near as good as Breaking Bad. To be fair, Bad, you are being logical there, but... <laughs> yeah, well, but what we that's, think... That's my point. But what we think is not the same as winning a fucking uh, survey that everyone gets to vote on. Yeah, but I'm just saying that the vote was wrong. <laughs> All right. Recap. Anyway, moving on. It's fake news. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. All right. Um, so we were originally this week, the Foley Awards was going to be best biopic movies for Bohemian Rhapsody. But in light of Stan Lee's death this morning, we thought we'd do a little tribute Foley Awards and just go for best Marvel movies. Yeah. So I'm going to start this week. Um, I'm going to go for the Marvel movie that kicked off everything that we currently now know and revamped um, Robert Downey Jr.'s career, Iron Man. Uh, the yeah, original good. Iron Man. Yeah, that one was good, really good, good. Very good. The original Iron Man was... That was the awesome. first one, right? In the, that was the first... 2008, MCU. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. that started the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was awesome. Yeah. Second one, not so good, but... Oh, all of the uh, all of the Iron Man movies after the first one have been pretty trash. Yeah. Um, like, but his character is good when it rocks up in all of the yeah, other the like the Avengers yeah, movies yeah, yeah. and stuff like, and the Spider Man movie and whatever. But the first Iron Man movie was incredible. You know, you know, in the second Iron Man, Iron Man is only in it for twenty one minutes out of what? two hours. Really? Yeah, I watched um I watched uh, the Honest Trailer for it on YouTube, and they literally counted. How long Robert Downey Jr.'s like comes in, in as Iron Man? It's twenty-one minutes out of two hours. Fuck. The other bits is him like talking about stuff and like the guy making the whip. Uh, it's it's so annoying when they bring politics into it. It's like the same as like when they went back in Star Wars yeah. and did the original movie. Oh, and the it's first just like one? it's yeah. just the fucking Senate sitting around talking <laughs> about shit for two hours. Star Wars. That's that's <laughs> basically what happened in Iron Man 2 where they were like, we need to regulate the power that you have. And he was like, no, I'm the only one that can wield it. And yeah. that, was, that was the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, no he isn't. Like, <laughs> So, yeah. Iron Man, that's my first pick. Uh, who wants to go next? Me. Alright, Josh. Okay, so... Mine is going to be one that's like my favourite since I was like 10 years old. And it's not the original Spider-Man, but Spider-Man 2 in that original Spider-Man series. Ooh, Dr. Octopus. Dr. Octopus 1. That's like one of those rare cases where the sequel, I think, is better than the original. Okay. And I just, it's just, I can watch that movie so many times. It's so good. There's like not a boring moment in it. It's really great. All right. Spider-Man 2. What's yours, Pete? Uh, well, I was going to pick Spider-Man 2. <laughs> See? You guys good. probably have all the same favorite movies. Dude, Spider-Man Two is legit such a good movie, mm. and Tobey Maguire will always be my Spider-Man. Mm. Like, I really like the new I, guy. But... I do, but like, I love like Tobey yeah. Maguire was yeah. sick, except for like when he cried. He's got a weird crying face. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, except for the entire third movie. Yeah, <laughs> we don't speak about the third. Movie, <laughs> yeah, we don't. That's like Iron Man Two. You don't speak about. It. Um, I yeah, I was gonna say Spider-Man Two, but I think. My other probably favorite Marvel movie would be um, ooh, what else? I, I it's it's hard to choose them. I do like the Marvel movies that incorporate like 
I know they do a lot of them incorporate comedy, but um, like probably probably Deadpool. Oh, first yeah, Deadpool, Deadpool, like, was Deadpool 2 was good, but yeah, but like the first Deadpool, time the shock value when yeah, you see Deadpool like the, first, the first time, the first Deadpool because it was like the first one where it was like breaking the fourth wall and like all that fucking wee banter from Ryan Reynolds, like I just, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, you get another pick. Oh, do I? Yeah, yes. you're, you're the last one to, We're go, doing to snake, get to go again. Snake star, oh, sneaky, um, the sneaky, sneaky snake. Um, <laughs> I would probably go with... Man, this is really hard. Like, I don't know. I had a list, but I'm just trying to be like... I don't know what to choose for my <laughs> list. Um, this, was, this was always going to be a difficult, difficult one to pick. I think. Yeah, I like. I would have chose Iron Man as well. Iron Man, I've watched that like five times. Um, I really liked the first um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, that was, very that was good. a bit of a change yeah. up as well. Yeah, well, that was Guardians cool. of the Galaxy was the first one for me where I kind of looked at it and I was like, "You've nailed it down. Yeah. Like you've got a formula and it works." Like there were a few hits and misses with the first few, like the first Incredible Hulk that had um, oh they were bad that had oh, what's yeah. his name in it Eric um, Banner. Eric Banner. Banner. They had Eric Banner. No, sorry, not. Oh, you mean the, no, the, the 2008 the one had... Oh, it had Eddie Edward Norton in it. Yes, that's that the one I was good. thinking of. I like of. that one. Was, it's all right. Yeah, but, okay. but he then got recast and The Incredible Hulk never got its own movie like singular movie He's again. He's not getting another one. So yet. that one, the, the Iron Man 2 and 3, um, like the first couple of Thors weren't very good, mm. um, but Guardians of the Galaxy was the first one that I watched and I was like charismatic lead people um amazing soundtrack bright colors like you (laughs) the the soundtrack you've got a formula and you like if you stick to it and just make these movies fun and stop trying to go down that dc road of like we're gonna make this all dark (laughs) like we're gonna go for awards then you were just going to have so much more success so Guardians of the Galaxy is a good pick. Yeah, yeah I really like that one. Literally, like when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I went onto my Spotify and looked up Guardians of the Galaxy um, soundtrack mm. and listened to it for ages. Mm-hmm. And it's all these songs from, like you know, like the seventies and eighties mm. and stuff that I've never heard of, and now I listen to them all the time. Mm. Yeah, like Fleetwood Mac and mm. um, like uh, George Harrison, they're all fucking sick yeah. artists. And yeah, I'm like, never heard of these until I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. So yeah, there you go. Exactly. That's that's one of the movies that I would say has like one of the best soundtracks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Um, all right, Josh. Okay. Uh, my second pick is uh, the last movie with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is Logan. Oh, yeah. That was on my list. And that's that a really good one. The best movie because they fucking finally made Wolverine mm-hmm. a movie that's like R18. Yeah. So he's just like the first scene, he fucking cuts someone's head off and it's like a proper like violent movie and I was like that's f- finally like, yeah. finally we've got a movie like this and yeah Logan is the best movie at where I've seen like they've done like three or four singular Wolverine movies and Logan is shit. by far yeah. the best like, Wolverine one. Origins was shit like X-Men 2 was alright but like finally we've got a movie and it was such a good send off for Hugh Jackman who's the last movie yeah like and he's still like yeah, he, he was really good in it and that's what they fucked up about Venom so yeah, like, I can't believe that they didn't see the success of Deadpool and Logan and go, yeah, let's do that for a very violent anti-hero. Yeah. Fucking, that we've already discussed. <laughs> yeah, let's, this, so <laughs> let's stay off that. All right. My second pick is going to be Thor Ragnarok. The yeah. third Thor. That was great, that one. It, like, you can really see the influence of the New Zealand director, um, Taika Waititi, in it. Yeah. He is... Is he the rock thing? Yeah, he, he plays the rock guy in the movie where it's just like, oh, we're just going to start a coup, bro. Hey, Doug. Doug's actually been dead this whole time. <laughs> like, he is a really, really funny director and that was the first time he's been able to get behind the helm of a really big budget movie yeah. and it paid off for them. Like, he directed, like, uh, What We Do in the Shadows yeah. and Boy and a few of these, like, he's well-connected with, like, kind of, like, that whole flight of the Concord yeah, scene Jermaine and what was, humor. The, what was and the one he did with the little New Zealand kid who's in Deadpool? What was that movie? Um, and it had um, was that boy or was that or was that the wilderness or something, something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
will the will the people some yeah the will yeah, yeah. the will the people um like but he's done like some amazing stuff on small budgets and this was the first time he was given the helm of a big budget movie and it really paid off for them because the humor that comes through from him in the movie is hilarious they finally gave um chris hemsworth who's a very charismatic person in real life they finally gave him free range and a script where he could show off that charisma those first couple of thor movies were just him looking hot and not understanding things about Mm. earth Mm. and it wasn't really you didn't really get to dive into the character of thor and He's got some excellent lines in this movie and you really get to see his backstory. And I think the supporting cast being able to put like Hulk in a um, Thor movie as well really helped. So the third Thor movie is by far the best Thor movie and that's my second pick. My third pick is going to be... Ooh, throwing it up in the air, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the culmination of everything so far and say Avengers Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Like, all of it coming together, watching since 2008 for the last 10 years, all of these characters meet each other and go on adventures and kind of find themselves and then finally coming together in Avengers Infinity War, which was, like, often those mashup movies don't really work. Mm. Avengers 1 was huge. I didn't really like Age of Ultron. I didn't think that the second Avengers movie was that good. This one kind of followed that same formula that I talked about that got nailed down with the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And it was just, like the perfect way to bring it all together it was so good yeah. so i love that one those are my three picks uh josh what's your last pick um my last pick is going to be i think um people forget about it but i think the original captain america movie was actually really good i liked it the you original know, like, one you know, with hugo like, weaving yeah, yeah yeah i thought it was really good like when it was like the first avenger movie like not be first, like he was yeah the first he was Avenger. the first Avenger like, yeah I think a lot of people would say if you're looking at Captain America movies a lot of people would have picked Civil War but like I just thought I, I, just remember, I like, I like origin one. movies I like origin movies and yeah. I just thought it was cool like to see how he was like just this little dude mm. and he gets this thing and he becomes like the best soldier in the army and he was actually originally like a very good guy you know like in that scene it's like a good scene in the movie where like he jumps on the grenade it's a dud yeah, yeah. Like, he thinks it's real. And he hops on top of it to stop everyone from dying and it doesn't blow up. Yeah. And they're like, that's our guy. He's going to be the the super soldier or whatever. Mm. Like, they don't pick it based on how strong people are already because they're going to be fucking strong anyway. Like, yeah. yeah. Chris, uh, not Chris. Oh, yeah, Chris Evans' mm. body in <laughs> yeah. that movie is like, he's just like, like, I would love yeah. to look like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just a he's fucking He's like 6'1", one, fucking unit. Yeah, he's a big dude. <laughs> he's a big dude. All right. Uh, what's your last one, Pete? Um, I was either going to go for captain america the first one mm-hmm. um or um i would probably go for the first avengers movie yeah because yeah. it was the first combination of all of them mm-hmm. plus uh, do you remember how excited everyone yeah, was, was the, it was the biggest event i was on gap year yeah, i was on 12, gap year yeah. and i was like fuck i need to see this movie <laughs> and i used to work six days a week so i'd only be able to go on sunday yeah. really yeah and i was just like i have to go and see it it was the last time that like remember how excited everyone was for avatar it was like that yeah, again it was actually mm. good <laughs> but um like <laughs> one of my like my favorite scenes from that movie is when they're all like the fight scene in in new york are they in new york yeah yeah, yeah. that is like honestly one of the best fight scenes in movies like i've ever seen mm-hmm. one because it goes on for so long it's like a good like a solid 30 to 40 minutes of people fighting yeah plus the hulk goes ape shit like in he when he beats it. up loki yeah but like when he um when he's like and he goes when captain america's like telling everyone what to do and he goes hulk smash <laughs> and then he just smiles jumps up and like punches an alien into a building <laughs> i was like wow shit <laughs> That was like, I was like, this is a good movie. This end scene. And then he's just like, you guys want to go to Schwama? Yeah, like, yeah. You know that he like, he wrote that in himself. Like he just, oh, really? He, he goes like, good Schwama? I know good Schwama. And then they do that at the end place. scene. They're all sitting there and like, the whole thing. Like, yeah. Marvel has had some absolute gems over the last 10 years. So that's going to be our Foley Awards for this week. So go online. We'll have the poll up on Facebook so you can vote for which one of those movies you think is the best Marvel movie of all time. Um, 
that's it for the podcast for this week. And I think after this, we're going to be taking a little break from the podcast. Um, I am going, I'm, I'm moving over to New York next year, so I'm not going to be here and I've got some stuff to do over the next few weeks before I leave. So we'll be trying to pick up the podcast again once I'm over there. Um, but until then, I think this is going to be it. And I think that was a pretty good fully award and topic to end it on. Don't mm. you think? Mm. Yeah. Yes, I agree. All right. So I think we made it to like 10 episodes. See. So <laughs> congratulations to us. Um, Yay. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be talking to you soon in the next couple of months. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.